Well, here we go with episode 102. And Ernie. Of the Steam Room. And Ernie, I'm bittersweet for Chuck today. Uh, well, is part of this how painful that was to lose to Alabama? That's the bitter part. Yes. That's the bitter part. I will say this. Nothing can get me in a bad mood, so I got to get a few things off my chest. Is this under the first of all umbrella? It's on the first of all umbrella. So, so we're jumping right into first of all. The, yeah, we're jumping right into we're first of all. We're jumping right into it. Okay, here we go. I'm being, buckled in. I'm ready. Being at the Iron Bowl, number one, anytime Auburn I, versus Alabama for yeah, you well, who may not all, know. First of all, everybody know who at the Iron not Bowl everybody. is. Not everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, y'all rivalry is Georgia Tech. Wow. Can't beat the smart kids. Um Oh, yeah, you can. Okay. Yes, yes, you can. The, the worst, I uh, love going to Auburn. It's just awesome. Got to see Tim Cook. It's always a pleasure to see him. See, and uh, Takeo Spice, we watched the game together. I haven't felt that bad after an Auburn, uh, since the Virginia game in the Final Four, and we thought we had one, and they get ref gave a, like, I felt so bad for those kids. Uh, and Bruce Pearl, that was heartbreaking. This was a close second. Oh, really? So this did not overtake that. It didn't it was, overtake it, it because that was the final close. four. Yeah. We would have played for the championship. So that that's on a whole. this is up. the Iron Bowl, man. Oh, man. Ernie. You know, one, and it, and it was a great game. Uh, well, for one of them. It was a great game. Great. Oh, it was atmosphere. a great game. It was a great college it, football game. It was, but the, the, the reason you feel bad, Auburn blew the game. If you go back and look, number one, the punt. If we don't fumble the punt, they don't get the ball. And then fourth and 31. Uh, and, you know, there's been a lot of debate about rushing two guys. Right. And the defense has to run around back there for 10 seconds of more. It's hard to keep every, track of everybody, so – there's some There's truth. still a heck of a throw. It's a heck of a throw. <laughs> I mean, I, good gracious. But you know, Ernie, I will say this, not just because of the Iron Bowl. That's one of my pet peeves on Hail Marys and things like that. I never understand why they don't rush a bunch of people. Because on all those plays, it always takes those guys forever to get down the field. And, and in that time... You, you could have him under pressure yes. and force a throw. Yes, and, yeah. and, and like I wish we could get, like I say, because I never try to act like I know about football. I'm just a fan. I know most fans think they know football, but they don't. I would love to get somebody who was actually like a coach who could say, why don't, why do we, in all Hail Mary situations, why do we only rush like one or two guys and expect the defensive backs to cover or knock the ball down. And we welcome to the steam room Hugh Freeze. Who, no, just kidding. <laughs> hey. Wouldn't, uh, is that, would that be your first question to Coach Freeze? To the defensive coordinator. Because uh, that's his call. But it, it, like I say, I'm not saying it just because of what happened in the Iron Bowl. Every time I'm watching a game when they say, well, it's going to be a Hail Mary. And it works probably one out of 20 times. And I'm always saying to myself, why don't they just rush a bunch of people? Because it's going to take a long time for all those guys to get down the field 30, 40 yards. You bring up an interesting point, though, because I'm – and again, I'm not saying I know football like crazy, and that's why I'm asking you a question. Yeah. Does a head coach – can a head coach not override what a defensive coordinator says they're going to do? That's a great question. Uh, I don't I mean, know – I, I mean, they're on headset. They're all yeah. in communication. And the guy says, yeah. hey, here's what we're but doing. But they all do it. Here's I know, but here's our here's our plan. Yeah. You know, couldn't you say, oh, no, 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 no. We want to pressure this yeah. dude. Uh, yeah, I would I would love to answer that question, to be honest with you. I would love to coach – That'd be a, that'd be a that'd coaching be a, question. That would be a coaching question. Next like time I said, we have a coach on – I'm going to ask him. A football coach. Yes. Not a basketball coach, yes, but a football the, coach. A football coach for sure. Yeah. So uh, that's a good place to start. Uh, congratulations to Alabama. Tell you what, though, uh, I can't go this weekend because I got a big event coming up this weekend, but I would love to be at the Alabama-Georgia game. Are you going? I don't know yet. You know, let me tell you something, all you fools on television. There's a lot of y'all. Alabama or Georgia going to the playoffs. This notion that if Alabama wins, they're not going because they behind Texas and Texas beat them three months ago. 
If you know anything about sports, what happened three months ago has nothing to do with today, tomorrow, next week. Alabama or Georgia are going to the playoffs. And I don't want to hear that Texas stuff. We play in the best conference, and you just cannot keep the SEC champion out of the playoff. That just ain't going to happen. See, how about Georgia if they – if, God forbid, the long-winning streak ends at the hands of Alabama, and that's one loss. I will say this. Does it depend on how close the game is? That's what I was getting ready to say. If they lose a heartbreak about a field goal or something like that. Or like the Iron Bowl? Yes. Uh, I think Georgia still deserves to go because they have played great all year. Uh, I, and I think it will be a travesty. Uh, number one, I, you know, obviously, I don't have a literally, I don't have a dog in that fight, but I, I, I can't, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to watch this. Well, I can't watch it. I'm looking forward to seeing that game, uh, the highlights and everything. Well, what are you going to be doing? Uh, Is that another part of first of all? Yes. Uh, shout out to my partner, Dan Marley. Mm-hmm. We got the member member at Whisper Rock this weekend, <laughs> where we are the defending champion whoa and we both been grinding i've been working so hard on my game last it was so awesome last year because you know we got so many we got about 25 tour pros at my course and it's great seeing them all and everything but the members are fantastic uh and i cannot wait to get there it's a two-day event starting on friday friday and uh, it's a two-day event. And last year, man, I played well. Marley, Marley's a hell of a player. You play player. some alternate shot in that too? Yes, yes. And Marley's like a scratch golfer. Mm-hmm. And he he plays every single day. Oh, just because he ain't got no job. Um, but, man, it was so much fun. To being kind of – well, that's not true. Being under pressure, man, it was so awesome and so fun. So I bet I, you missed – I mean – Remember who we were talking to Henrik Lundqvist last week on the podcast? Yes. And he said the thing he missed most now that he's retired. The pressure. Is the pressure. Yeah. And that kind of competition and that kind yeah. of focus on, uh-oh, you know what, when we're playing during the week with your buddies and that's a, yeah. that's a two-footer, yeah. pick it up, let's go. Yep. And not anymore. No. And there might be just a little right to left in that two-footer, Chuckster. Uh, yeah. We you, find had, you find your knees knocking yeah, sometimes? I, I was nervous. I'm not going to lie. But, you know, Marley is such a good player. He takes a lot of pressure off of me. But I played very well, and I'm really looking forward to this weekend. So shout out to my members Defending at Defending champs. Defending champs. Wow. Uh, we, and we're going to play well again. Is that going to be uh, available streaming somewhere? Or, is, uh, or am I just going to have to watch the highlights? You're just going to I, I see you the highlights. <laughs> <laughs> I see you the highlights. Very, very good. And another thing about the playoffs, y'all are just going to screw Florida State. That ain't right. Uh, I'm I'm not a Florida State fan, but I don't understand how y'all can drop them if they're winning. Uh, I don't think that's fair. They have a loss, and especially if they win the ACC championship, they they won 56 to 14, and they dropped them from four to five. I just don't understand that. Sounds like there's an agenda there. It is an agenda, and that's what bothers me about committees like that. Uh, it, it, it ain't cool. It ain't right. You know, these kids, man, they go out there and bust their hump all summer, lifting weights, running wind sprints, practicing two a days in the middle of the summer. You go undefeated. And they lost who? Uh, they lost they lost a quarterback. Lost, yeah. But they still yeah, but won. But they still won the game. They won that, and they won again last week. And uh, and if they win the ACC championship. Yeah, Jordan champ- Travis we're talking yes. about. And if they, lose the, uh, if they win the ACC championship this weekend against Louisville, they're not going to get in. And the debate's going to – and see, and that's just really unfair. They, I hate strength of schedule. That's one of my pet peeves about college football, strength of schedule. The reason I say that is, why is it my fault y'all team suck? <laughs> that drives me crazy, Ernie. They're like – And how a good win early in the year, like, yeah. wow, that's an impressive win. Yeah. Well, maybe it's not an impressive yeah. win because look at – yeah, yeah, and then all of a sudden, yeah. well, you haven't played anybody. Well, well we played them when everybody yeah. in the world was watching. Because, you know, people them. were criticizing Georgia's schedule. Yeah. And I was like, that ain't Kirby Smart's fault. Like, like you play the teams on your schedule. 
I mean, and like, especially if you're in the SEC, there are really no easy games. I mean, when you go to Florida, Florida Georgia, I mean, it's had, it, like, it, I mean, obviously Kirby's on the road right now, but that game was always a big deal. Right. Auburn, Georgia is a big deal. Uh, you know, so I, I, it, I, I hate this, this strength of schedule argument because, like I say, it ain't my fault y'all team suck. That's y'all <laughs> fault. Hey, and uh, so that's it. Uh, but last and definitely not least, obviously, y'all know we got the new show starting with Gail King tomorrow, uh, King Charles. Just for the record, I don't call myself King Charles. It's Gail, Gail King, King and Charles, Charles. Barkley for the dummies so second out there. billing. Yes. And uh, I'm so excited. You know, I was we were going over a Zoom call yesterday, and Gail had me on the floor laughing. So I'm not going to give this magazine any love or credit. <laughs> they called her for a uh, response about the show has no chance of being successful because me and Gail hate each other. And uh, we're, how, how, we're, where does that come from, that's man? A, that's what had me on the floor dying laughing. Gail says, Charles, did you see the article? I said, what article, Gail? He says, how much we hate each other. The show's got no chance of being successful no, so because silly. we're bickering behind the scenes. And oh, I, it, are you really? Uh, we are. Are I mean, you real? What are you bickering about? You know, I, I'm trying to figure, since we technically haven't done a show, I'm trying to figure out what we're bickering about. Maybe you're bickering on Zoom calls behind the scene. Is that what you're doing? You, you know, I see, I'm, me and Gail made a pact. When we talk bad about each other, we won't do it publicly. We'll do it behind each other's back. Because if you talk oh, so bad. that's what's happening. If okay. you talk, like when I, I don't, as much as you know I hate Shaq. <laughs> but I, 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 you know, but I only talk bad about him behind his back. We treat each other great on the show. Same thing with Kenny. I'm not a big Kenny fan, but I don't. Same with you and me. No, Ernie, you're the Godfather. We don't talk bad <laughs> about the Godfather. But like, I, I was just laughing because they called her people to make a comment, and uh, it, and I said, Gail, this is it. That's the thing that bothers me a lot about reporters, to be honest with you. Like, you can throw anything out there and see if it sticks. I said, let me tell you something. Gail is the only reason I'm doing the show. I got a lot of love and admiration for her. So King Charles debuts tomorrow, Wednesday night, 10 o'clock Eastern. Cannot wait. It should be fun. Hey, listen. On CNN. On CNN. Yes. And let me tell you something. As I told the crew, so we're meeting with the team yesterday, discussing all the topics, getting ready for the week. Got another one today because it's it's uh, it's going to be a fluid show because we're going to be discussing what's happening. Right, and and you know, guess we got a special guess who our special guest is. Tomorrow? Who is it? Steve Kerr. Really? Yes. We're going to talk uh, uh, a little basketball. Obviously, we're going to talk about his. You know, his father got killed. Right. Over, and, you and, know, and, that's, and so he's a great guy to he's talk a, about. He's a great guy, and uh, first he's a great dude, but. Very few people have first-hand knowledge of what goes on uh, over there. And, you know, obviously he, he he got a lot to say. And the one thing I admire about him and Greg Popovich, man, they are real dudes. You know, Steve Kerr talks about gun violence all the time. Same thing with Popovich. They, they are not afraid. They're not worried about, you know, a lot of What coaches, are people going to think if yeah. I say this? Yeah. And let me tell you something. Everybody's opinion matters, even if you disagree with it. The janitor opinion matters. The secretary opinion matters. The trash man opinion matters. So we got to get away like, well, you, you're not important. You're irrelevant. So we're going to have fun. We're going to do our best. We hope people like the show. And that's it. Yeah. And, and yeah, stop dismissing folks whose opinions you do not agree with Mr. or because oh. of what what of it's crazy. what they do yeah exactly civil discourse yes hey listen there's if you have friends who only agree with you you're a loser anyway <laughs> <laughs> anybody who have friends only agree with them hey you, you need to have friends who tell you no sometimes tell you no but also hey look at it from this point of view right exactly and I was like, oh, I got to give a shout out to my boy Gary before I finish up on Gail and everything. Uh, Gary Goffrey, I love you like a brother. Carrie Good, man, I got uh, so much respect for you two guys doing the Carrie Gary challenge. Who won? I, I don't know the answer. I haven't looked uh -huh. at all the numbers. 
But I just wanna I just wanna thank you guys for putting yourself out there. If you got a disease like that that's brutal. ALS. ALS. And if you know anybody with ALS, just give them a call and tell them you appreciate him, you love him. Because, uh, it, man, it's it's brutal. And Gary, like I said, I don't know Gary as well, but Gary and his wife, Carol, they're the most unbelievable couple I've ever met in my life. They got this thing like they have so much. They're trying to raise awareness and money, obviously, but they have the best attitude under the circumstances. I was like, I, I ain't going to lie. I, that would be brutal for me. But Gary and Carol, man, they have the best attitude. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, so we've covered uh, the Iron Bowl. Brutal. We've, we've covered golf. Yes. We've covered the new uh, King Charles yes. show. And next we're going to talk some hoop. I like it. And you know who's going to be here? Oh, I know. My Candace Parker, not my... not on some screen somewhere, but Candace Parker right here. Wait, she's in the in studio? In the studio with us. Coming wow. up next on The Steam Room. Back here on The Steam Room. This is special, Ernie. And this is a, yeah, this is, it's, it's great to have an in-studio guest. Uh, Candace Parker, who will be working tonight with us. Who's, 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 who's not here? Shaq. Thank God we fired his fat ass. So it's it's About it's time. you and me and Kenny and Candace tonight. Damn, we got first of all we got better looking, and we we lost four hundred pounds. This is gonna be big. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah, I love it. I'm excited. Wait, to work with why you are you mad at me? Those were straight facts. You're much better looking. We're probably losing. About two hundred seventy-five pounds difference down from four hundred. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, well, I had to be factual because yeah, okay. she called me out. I had to be like it's probably about two hundred seventy-five pound difference there. Yeah, and we uh, <laughs> and we <laughs> and we welcome Candace not only to the steam room but to the show tonight, where it's the final night of group play in the in-season tournament. Can't wait. With eight games on the schedule, and they all mean something in terms of who gets to the knockout round and who uh, does not. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot to keep track of tonight, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Have you liked the in, the IST so far? I, I've loved it. We've we've done it over in Europe for quite some time. Like, that's a thing in Europe. Um, you always have it before Christmas or early in the season, right after, you know, you get back from Christmas break. I love it. I wish all the teams played on the same day so that you could know the point differential because I think you have an advantage when you're playing on the last mm -hmm. day you know how many points you have to win by or if somebody loses, you, you know what I mean? Right. So I right. wish that all the teams kind of played on the same day and had the same advantage in that way. Okay. You, you know, I, I want to ask you a question that has nothing to do with the in-season tournament. You said something. When it When is the NBA and the WNBA going to step up and start taking better care of you women? Because you just said something. As long as you played basketball since college, You'd have to play in a foreign country. How frustrating is that? And how crazy is that that have to supplement your income playing in a foreign country in your offseason, basically? You know, I think for that to happen, there's got to be some type of competition within the United States, to be honest with you. That kind of pushes the envelope, whether it's a league, whether it's travel. I don't know what it is, um, but I think there's got to be something that challenges the WNBA to be better. And, you know, you look at, the history of the NBA um, and the supplemental leagues that kind of pushed the NBA to get better um, and to raise the bar. And I think that that's got to occur with the WNBA for, for them to truly grow. Speaking of your uh, WNBA and your third WNBA championship and second straight, as a matter of fact, um, that's awesome. Was it was it frustrating because of the injury situation with your foot to not be front and center right there? You know, it's so crazy. Um, I think as you get older, you are humbled. No matter what you've done in the game, no matter how many points you scored, how many championships you won, at some point you are humbled. And this season, I think even coming into training camp, it was like the game is in an amazing place. Mm -hmm. And as a superstar, can I adapt? 
And I think that this team does an amazing job of everybody being ready, everybody uplifting everybody. And I learned so much this year. I mean, Becky Hammond is one of the best coaches to coach basketball, period. And the way that she brings the best out of everybody and you're accepted for you. So this year did not go as I envisioned. You know, of course you want to be on the court and play and things like that. But I think I learned so much and I was so, I was more disappointed to not play because I've worked so hard in my career to be able to play this style of basketball yeah. and to play for a coach like Becky. Um, but at the end with what, two starters out getting hurt in game three and then beating New York at New York with players that hadn't played more than four or five minutes in the playoffs all, all, all year. I think it was amazing to watch and I learned a great deal like about myself and just about, you know, the game in general. I mean, everybody wants to be on the court when you win a championship, but this championship was special because of the group. Physically, how are you right now? Physically, um, I'm healing. My injury was bad. Um, I, I broke my navicular bone 89% of the way I was playing on it and I didn't know. I mean, I knew something was wrong, but I didn't know. Um, and then I had other stuff. I had like 20 bone spurs and some ligaments that I needed to fix on the outside of my ankle. And so we did that surgery in July and it's a four to six month recovery. And so I'm, I'm feeling okay. I think I'm worried about life right now. Like I have kids, I have young kids. I got to cross my son up at some point. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm worried more so about like making sure that I can live life. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's the biggest thing now. Basketball. Yes. I would love to play again, but I'm worried about like walking, you know, walking up and down the street and being right. able to jog and do life things. Yeah, you said something about uh, as you get older, you get humble. Have you and Shaq had this conversation? He, no, you get humbled. Uh, There's a, <laughs> it has a way of humbling yeah. you. Shaq, Shaq humble, hasn't got, you may Shaq, not get humble, Shaq, but you get humbled. Shaq has not gotten that memo as you get older. Because uh, uh, he cannot give any big guy any credit because he compares them all to himself. <laughs> it's kind of fun to sit there watching watching him. We'll be like, yo, man, he's a good player. He's not better than me. Like, <laughs> yo, man. That is, that's pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, he's like, yo, man, why do you keep saying this guy's great? I said, that guy is great. He's like, he's not better than me. I'm like, check. Don't, <laughs> don't compare everybody to yourself. I mean, he is fun to work with, but he drives. I call him. I call him Richard Petty because he is so damn petty. Richard Petty. That's yeah, pretty he's good. petty. Petty White. That's pretty good. Oh, we got petty a bunch. White. We got a bunch of them. So for you, how have you? You know, it's frustrating when you get older. Man, it sucks. Man, it sucks, doesn't it? Because you look at things that you could do. Yes. And you know, your mind is like, yeah. That's my last two years in NBA. And your mind is like, listen, yo, work her. Yeah. They put her on you, yeah. go to work. And your body is like, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> and I, do, I didn't understand. It. I remember I walked into the studio here my first year at NBA TV. And Isaiah Thomas was like, I was like, hey, Zeke, like, why did you retire? And he was like, it wasn't fun no more. He's like, people that I could bust their ass, yeah. I could no longer do that. So it was not fun anymore. And he's like, some people can play a different role in a different position. Not a and, great player. But it's really hard for a great player to, yes. to, to the, not be able to do that. Yeah. So my I sucked my last two years. And then people always ask me, like, how would you know it was time to retire? I said, there's a guy playing against me who can't play dead and he's kicking my ass. I says, that, especially when you've been a great player, like yep. you have been, like, you'd be like, this lady can't play. Yep. And I can't do anything. That was the hardest part for me when I'd be like, yo, man, this dude, because it got so bad for me. I went to the coach and said, Rudy, uh, Kevin Willis is a better player than me at this time. I will come off the bench. Because there is a huge advantage coming off the bench. You're not playing against the same level of players. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people don't understand that. They're like, I say, yo, man, go to the bench. He's like, why should I go to the bench? I said, well, you're not as good as the starters, first and foremost. I said, but you're going to be playing against lesser players, so you're going to shine more. So I went to Rudy, and I said, hey, can I come off the bench? He says, are you sure? I said, I'm not sure. I'm positive. Yeah. So is that, those are the two years when you uh, 
when you had like 10 times as many pump fakes as you did points? Well, yes. <laughs> yes. I had to see the chiropractor like three days a week because I was pump faking. And, and nobody was buying it. Nobody was buying it. Because <laughs> the one thing I realized, uh, and I talked to Larry Johnson about this one time, when he hurt his back, he wasn't explosive anymore. And when I wasn't explosive, you think 6'4 is short? It's like you're 6'2 out there when you're playing against big. Like, when you're young and explosive, size does not matter to any guys. But once you can't explode anymore, you, I says, you're not 6'4 and a half. You're 6'2 and a half. <laughs> and all you're doing is out there, you're hoping you get to play against these young kids who are dominant rock. You can just pump fake them and they go for the pump fake. When you play against a veteran guy, he's like, just staring at you. Are, are you are you through pump faking yet? Yo, man, stop messing Wait up my me gig. when this is over. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly and right. I, and I'll tell you, you know, this year, when the noise gets real quiet, yeah. that's when you know, like, because this year people are like, yeah, yeah, keep at it. Good job. And I was like, yeah. no, because yeah. I can't lie to myself, you know, in terms of, yes, I can make other people better and I can, you know, I would role. say play, play on, the, on the on the team, but you know, and you cannot lie to yourself. And so I think, you know, I've always heard once you kind of know, give it one more year. So we're going to see if we get that one in a possible, but it's one of those things where it's like. But you're ahead of the game, though, because you said something interesting. And as a jock who didn't give a damn about the future, I mean, I've got so many needles stuck in my ass. I just wanted to play. <laughs> They're like, I, they, they tar, I know, Candace, I know. No, I know. I've got so many needles yeah, stuck yeah, in my... No. I, yeah, because I was getting those... Quickly, all, erase that t- image, will you? No, 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 so I was getting those Toradol shots. Yeah. You know, you get so many of those, mm-hmm. then that stops working, and then you go to DMSO, the stuff they use on horses. Mm. I'm like, yo, man, mm-hmm. I don't... I don't. <laughs> that's right. I, you, hey, when I had so many of those shots, I did make that sound late at night. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> but, but, you know, as a jock... You just want to play. Yep. You just want to play. And, Candace, I'm so proud of you for saying, hey, uh, and I mean this until you're like, I ain't worried about basketball. I'm worried about the rest of my life. Because 99.9% of jocks do not have that perspective. Listen, Chuck, I've had, I, I've had eight knee surgeries. I just had a foot surgery. I had a shoulder surgery. I tore my labrum in my shoulder. I have degenerative discs in my back. At some point, like, I owe it to my kids because, listen, pride, pride now yeah. is tough. Now, pride really will be tough if my 11-year-old son comes in and starts talking mess. <laughs> then I can't get up and, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think Halloween was like a awakening for me. Walking around Disneyland, awakening. Like, I love, I'm super active in my everyday life. Yeah. I go play beach volleyball. I love going to the sand dunes. I love going to the beach, walking my dogs. I can't sacrifice that for just playing another year. So you got dogs now. What happened to my pig? Oh my goodness, he always brings up the pig. Always talks about. Uh, why not? He's always. How's the pig? The pig is no longer with our family. He's on a farm. He's good. That sounds like a He's story good. you Boo, told the Boo, kids. Hey. Boo is really on a farm. I promise. Sure Boo should it. be on the kitchen table. Boo, stop it! Boo, Boo is, is living a great life. She had a daughter do one time. Visit, uh, do you visit Boo? We don't visit Boo anymore. Um, we correspond with the farm. And oh, he's, okay. He's good. He Boo thinks he's a dog. with hey, the farm. Boo was a little thing when I first met him. Mm-hmm. He'd be great side, great Christmas dinner right now. He is huge. Uh, like, that, he is. That's what he I got, mean. We call that got, Christmas dinner in Alabama. He got, yeah. Hey, Candace, you know what? Chuckster and I, uh, often on this podcast, talk about the joys of grandparenthood. Tell me about the joys of parenthood for you these days. Oh, my goodness. Um, my daughter is playing varsity volleyball and varsity basketball. Wow. Um, in January, her basketball team is going to play my old high school team in Naperville. Really? Illinois. So you talk about I'm probably not even going to be able to be in the stands because I'm going to have my tissue in the corner. Uh, my son is just crazy. If I predict. How old now? 21 months. Oh, you've and, lost control there. And he is, I mean, in his own, he does whatever he wants. At, and sometimes you're just like, why? Once they become mobile, you've lost. Like you've lost, every, you know, and he just walks up and just knocks stuff off the table. And you're just like, for what? Why would you do that? 
But he's I'm a sweet guy. Months exactly. Old, Mom, that's why. So, exactly. So, question for you on your daughter. Because I've been through this. Mm-hmm. Like, you end up between a rock and a hard place because you're like, I want to push you, but I can't be pushy. You know, then you, you she's playing two sports, so you probably lean one way or the other. How are you handling that? It's so interesting because I think as a professional athlete, you're driven different. Yeah. Like, I remember I was driven by challenges. So my dad would just come in and tell me I couldn't do something. And then I would just wake up and try to do it. So I kind of struggle a little bit because Layla's not wired like that. Layla loves, is a great teammate, loves playing. She's not in love with either game. Yeah. You know, she's not doing it on her own. And so I'm I'm trying to show her that you have to put in individual time to be great at something, yeah. but I don't want to push her in any one direction. So I, I am. I kind of do double dutch a little bit yeah. in how I'm parenting and things like that. But I guess my biggest thing with Layla is I want her to love whatever she chooses yeah. to do. And um, and so I'm the parent at volleyball that, you know, I, I cheer and I cheer Are on and loud? things like that. I'm loud. I am. But you I do get on have, refs? No, I don't. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. I am. Do you get on refs loud? Do you get on refs loud to the point where other parents are like, whoa, whoa. Look at no, 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 no. But I am kind because of Because there are parents who do that. Yes. Oh, you do that? Well, I was hard. Not anymore. Oh, no, okay, because no, I was no. like, let me let me make sure that. So, so my daughter, she's been 5'10 her whole life since she was like two and I had this. I'd have to check that. No, but Ernie, I had spent my entire life saying, I cannot wait till she's a teenager. I'm going to teach her everything about the game. So we started with soccer, volleyball. Soccer is brutal, by the yeah, way. Yeah, but then she played basketball. And I was watching, like you said, okay, I don't think she liked this. And I was like, okay, take a step back. She'll grow into it. And then I asked her one day, I says, Christiana, you like playing sports? She says, Dad, I don't like playing sports. And I, you know, I was like, okay, you don't have to play if you don't want to play. You don't have to follow in my footsteps. You know, and I did like a good parent do, went in the other room and cried. <laughs> uh, because it was traumatic. Like I say, I had made up my mind, because she's 5'10". I was like, God, she's good enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to teach her all the Kevin McHale moves and things like that. Put him in the torture chamber. Yes. But like I say, I put her in so- soccer, lacrosse, everything. And finally, I was like, okay, it's time to try basketball. And she w- she just didn't like it. And it, it, it she's a great person. She's a great student. But, like, I had this perception, like, I want to – I want to. I want you, Charles Barkley's daughter. I want you to be great at basketball or any sport. Yeah. Let me ask you both this, uh, because look, you're you come from a different perspective when it comes to parents and their kids playing. I mean, because you're Hall of Famers, all right. Um, you've got these incredible resumes. Um, but what's your message to parents about their approach? Shut the hell to up. Their kids. Shut the hell up. I mean that sincerely. In what way? You can't just go to the game and yell and scream at your kids and the officials and think automatically your kids going to be good at sports. Like, I tell, I tell, I always, when parents ask me, I say, let your kid play all the sports and figure out which one they're like. That's rare these days. Yeah, because you can't, like, because everybody's told, no, yeah. pick one. Yeah. Well, no, I don't. Well, because you, you, you don't know what you're going to Not the parents are saying pick yeah. one, but a lot of the coaches are. Yeah, yeah pick but, one. but you, Bernie, you don't know what you're going to be good at. I know. I, so I'm with you, you on know that. What, you know what I struggle because when they do pick one or when they do have a preference of one, everybody, and this is crazy right now, and, I, and I, this is how I know I'm getting older. Everybody's worried about Instagram and posting yeah. and highlight videos. And my thing is, is like, Go work and the cream always rises to the top. Mm-hmm. I'm going, I'm driving myself crazy. Like, you're working for the perfect highlight tape. But guess what? When the coach comes and sees you play, yeah. they're going to see a whole game. Yeah. <laughs> and guess what? In a highlight tape, you would think J.R. Smith was one of the best players ever to play in the yeah. NBA. Right? Yep. You would think he was in comparison with LeBron. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, you're right. Yeah. 
So work on your skill, get up at yeah. six in the morning. Instead of worried about how to do your reel on Instagram, get better at your skills. And then coaches will come and see a full game and realize that that's what you want to do. I mean, recruiting is starting in seventh, eighth, ninth, 10th grade now. And it's just so frustrating that like, instead of worrying about getting better, we're worrying about highlighting what we're already great at or what we're good at or our best hit or our best shot. And it's like, we, I think as parents, that's what, if I'm telling parents what they can do, it's to like, teach them the basics of working hard. Because as a coach, I want to see somebody that's going to continually get better. But the other thing too, uh, you can call this a pet peeve or whatever. Let the coaches coach. Mm -hmm. That's a pet peeve of mine is parents who are constantly in the ears of their kids while they're playing, which is maybe not what the coach is there to do you know let let one coach let the coach be the coach that's why i i I loved mike matheny who was a catcher for a long time in major league baseball Mm -hmm. very good one um the matheny manifesto is when he was after he his injuries had taken their toll and he's no longer playing and they he was asked by a bunch of parents would you coach our travel team and he came up with the matheny manifesto and the Matheny manifesto is I will do this but here are your rules miss a practice here's the consequence if you call me and ask why my kid isn't playing he won't be playing let the coach be the coach oh I agree 100% but going back to my original point you don't know your physical what you're going to finish at just because you're tall when you're seven or eight doesn't going to mean you're tall when you're 13, 14, and 15. That's why I say, hey, let the kid play all the sports. And then if he stops growing, he can still play golf. He can still play baseball. Like I say, if, now if he's a big old brute, he can play football and basketball. But physical size does matter. That's why I think you used to say some kids, like, they peak out when they're 13, 14, 15. Oh, let me ask you this question, both, again, as parents, and you talked about Christiana, who's like, I don't really love it. What if your kid, and I think this is a message just for everybody out there who's got kids who are playing. What if your kid's really talented, really got skills, really got, hey, you know, this this could take him or her to a D1, you know, program. They say, I just, I'm not enjoying it. I don't like it. Where do you, then how do you, how do you navigate that in terms of telling them what their possibilities might be as opposed to what they yeah, want to do? Do but, you have but, to? But, but Candace said something to Ernie. So when I, when I sit Christiana down, I said, Christiana, do you like sports? She says, Dad, I don't like sports. I said, you know what? That's fine. Mm-hmm. She's a great student. She's a great mom and everything. But can this point, Ernie, if you don't like to play, you can't be – you can be a good player just on talent. You can never be a great player if you don't love the game yeah. because it's too physically demanded. All sports are physically demanding. But you can talent, – talent will get you only so far. But if you ever want to be great, you got to love it. And I couldn't agree more. I think that's the biggest thing is, is, you know, you got to love what you do. I, I, I often find players that would just go out and play and I couldn't understand it because I just, I ate, slept, breathed basketball. I have all-star games that he played in on tape delay on VHS tapes at my house that I would just rewatch and rewatch and rewatch. And I could tell you a play from 2001 All-Star. Like, I could tell you a play from the playoffs. I love basketball. I'm obsessed with it. And I would find players like that I would grow up playing with that weren't like that. And that's okay. You can find what you're obsessed with. My, my job as a parent is to help you find that. And it doesn't have to be sports. It can be right. something. But you got to find your passion in yes, something. Sir. And you got to work hard at it. Well. Because I tell kids, when I speak to colleges and high schools and things like that, I say, listen, you got to remember something. 
you're here to get the education because it's the as if you go to the pros, that's a bonus. I said, but ninety nine percent of y'all gonna have to go out and get a real job. But it's got to be some you want to do because you the, or the the job you get, you got to have it for the next thirty, forty, fifty years. And if you don't like it, you're never gonna reach your full potential as a person because you're gonna walk around miserable like, damn, I got to get up and do this crap ass job again. You can't be the, you can't be a happy person like that in in the rest of your life. Yeah. Not 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 just your job life. If you hate your job, can you imagine trying to be a good parent? You, I I think it's all intertwined. Sure. But sure. you know, you know, just to add one more thing, you know what's crazy is I think there's two things. I think there's the fact that parents spend thousands and thousands of dollars on youth sports mm-hmm. when sometimes it's like they're to get a D1 scholarship, to say you have a D1 scholarship, because you're paying just as much in youth sports as you would for a, a D1 education right. or a, mm-hmm. a college education, I should say. And then secondly, I don't know what it's like to be Candace Parker's daughter. Yeah. I never grew up that way. I remember being Anthony Parker's sister, um, but I never grew up being my daughter. And so I guess my thing is just because I love basketball and that's what has been my passion, it's not yours or it won't be yours or it doesn't have to be yours. But again, like helping you as a parent find your passion. But that's why it's important as a parent because I've been in this thing 40 years. Dang! I know. Been in what thing? The NBA. NBA. Okay. I have seen so many relationships ruined mm-hmm. because parents, they first of all, we all want our kids to be successful, but the chances of your son going to the NBA, we got a few of them. You but, don't think that the percentage is a little higher when your dad played in the NBA? No. You don't think so? I think if you look at the I, I need to if, run if the numbers. At, if you look at the numbers, there's probably 20 to 30 guys whose son played in the NBA, but that's just a small percentage. That'd uh, be an interesting one to look up. It would it really be. I want to know be. the percentage of like if Because you, I think I think a lot of those kids when you grow up in that environment and you and you're hanging out at at NBA practice. That don't mean you're gonna play. I, doesn't, I, I know, but I'm the just saying. The curves are anomaly. Anomaly. Uh, excuse me? Anomaly. That was an Auburn word. Okay. okay. I didn't graduate. I left school after three years. That and hey, that's that's interesting to, okay. to look No, up. but seriously, yeah. yeah, I mean there there's obviously gonna be exception to the rules, but I think in my 40 years, there's been so much tension between dads and sons. And the pressure comes from the public because everybody in the public think like, well, you're this guy's son. You're going to be a great player. It doesn't work yeah. like that. You think it's just the public? You don't think it's the parents? Well, I think sometimes your parents obviously do. But my brothers, people like, you're Charles Barkley's brother. You're going to be good at basketball, right? Well, I'm the only one in my family going to the NBA. But it put a strain it put a strain on me and my brother's relationship. He's like, yo, man, why does everybody think I'm going to be good? My other brother didn't even play basketball. But, but when he started getting old enough, they're like, you're going to play basketball now, right? <laughs> He's like, I don't play basketball. Not the way it works. Yeah, but so I feel so – some of these young kids feel so much pressure because of who their dad is. And that's what, what your point coming in. As a parent – you got to make sure you help your kid with self-esteem. Um, exactly. Yeah. Uh, a couple other things before we let you bounce. Um, so if you get in line behind Candace um, in a coffee shop uh, and you're saying, hey, this line is really taking a long time, it's probably because it takes her so long just to get her order out. Hot venti oat milk latte with one pump of pumpkin spice syrup. That's the go-to. That's my go-to. I'm, I've turned. I've officially been California. Yep. That's what we're gonna call you, you it. You pay money for coffee. I do. I love coffee. Right. Coffee, wine, and I food. That, I had some this morning. I, I did the. Uh, what's your What's your order? Uh, in the morning, it'd be a uh, grande extra hot two splenda latte. Grande extra hot. I mean, that's hot, as many words two as the. Splen- not as oh. many. No, there's no pumpkin spice or, or pump one pump give all or, that stuff. Give or take. And I tried coffee. 
You don't ever drink coffee? Never. Wow. But I read this article, how coffee was good for you. This is like, I think, three years ago. It said, like, uh, dementia and all these other diseases. And I'm like, well, let me try it. It can't. They say it's good for you. So the first day I tried it, I said, this is the worst taste. It's acquired. It's an acquired said, this is taste. the worst tasting shit I've ever had in my life. You go hot or extra hot? Oh, extra hot. Extra hot. Me yeah, too. Extra hot. So that so that it stays warmer. If you just get the regular, then yeah, it, then yeah, the, within ten minutes or so, it's like, hey, this is not it. How, anyway. how can something be extra hot? It's the way they make it. Yeah, make it extra hot. <laughs> like it comes. It's hot. true. I, it is, no, but they can make it's like it extra large hot. and extra large. I know like, the difference between extra large and large, woman. Yeah. Hot but, and extra hot. Uh, like, it, like it's hot. <laughs> you, maybe I learn. I gotta learn something. I like, <laughs> hey, it's hot. It's extra hot. Like, how can it be extra hot? Yeah. There's also a grande extra hot soy chai. Oh, I can't with do soy. a little with a little honey in there. That's what you do. Yeah. Okay, I can't. Sometime do soy. in the I afternoon. I do oat milk. Yeah. I, oat milk's my jam. Okay, I'll try that. What's the difference between oat milk and regular milk? A lot. Oat? Yeah, it doesn't come from a cow. There's <laughs> <laughs> an animal called oat? Oh, my goodness. What, well, I'm just asking. Oh, my God. You said it don't come from a cow. Is there an oat, oat animal? Oh. I, don't I don't know, know how Have I you ever either. had almond milk? Uh, no, I don't drink Allergic milk. Allergic to almonds can't do that. Uh, oh, I, don't, I don't do milk. Okay. My yeah. brother... So I was the last one to get up, and my brothers would always leave the milk. We had, we always got, when we were poor, so we always got Cheerios. We didn't know they were good for your heart. I do know that now. And then when, when my mom got a bonus, we would get Raisin Brands. But my brothers would always leave the milk out. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing worse in the world than it's warm cool. milk. Yep. No, warm, that's bad. And so I haven't had milk probably since I was 17, 16, 17. Like just milk or milk products? Like you don't have anything with milk in it? Well, well do we count ice cream as that? Oh, uh, yeah. That has milk in it. I love ice cream. I mean, you can't get this big not eating ice cream. But, I had a question for but you. But I have never had, I haven't had milk since uh, 16, 17 years old. Tell the truth. Tell the truth on this one. Yeah. You ever go to the fridge and take a swig of milk out of the... Uh, out of the uh, bottle and then put it back? I have not done that, Ernie. I'm telling you, I haven't had like milk. Like when you were growing up. I've, I, well, we had a carton, number one. A carton, well, yeah. you can still yes, I've take had, a Yes, I, I take a swig out the carton. And put it back in. Yes, it's the same damn family. Okay, I just wondered. Okay, but that would, like I say, <laughs> I, I'm not even exaggerating. I haven't had milk since I was in high school. Candace, have you done that? I have. Me I do too. that with juice in my house now. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, family. <laughs> it's your family. I still do that. It's so I was like, We're yesterday. Sometimes you don't want a whole glass. I just, yesterday, want, a, I just want a taste of that I wouldn't orange go juice. to your house and take a swig of milk out, out the fridge or Candace's house. Uh, you, I, you, you know why you I wouldn't? wouldn't because I leave cup. the milk out if I knew you were coming over. I, like, you can do stuff like that at your own house. That's like, let me tell you something. Yeah, but when you have people come over, do you offer them milk? No. What they need milk for? Or they, juice. Think, yeah. What no. I'm saying is... is oh, hey, there better be some vodka I with that juice. I was gonna say, got, I, I better got not all drink juice from my house because it's... That's like Candace. That's I like drank you, out the juice. That's like when you drop some on the floor at home. Of course you got to pick it up and eat it. Last thing. Why number three? Um, 32 was retired at Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Deja Charles wore 32, so it got retired. My dad's number in high school and college was number 32, so I wore that all through high school. I got to Tennessee and I needed to switch my number. I was a huge Allen Iverson fan. Everybody yep. is. I had the finger bands. I had, at one point, the cornrows. I had to get rid of those. But I had the cornrows with the headband. I thought I was AI. So I switched it to number three. Uh, the reason I get on this number three thing is because, uh, remember on Saturday Night Live, uh, they, had a, they had a skit, had a routine where they were honoring all those who had hosted five times, I, guess, I think it was, five times. I'm uh, close. The Five Timers Club. Um, wasn't that, was Steve Martin in that? I think and, he is. And some others, and, and Tom Hanks, and they would come out and they would, uh, and they'd give them a robe, uh, you know, like a smoking jacket that said, hey, I'm part of the, I'm part of the five, you know, whatever. Um, so anyways, that's a Five Timers Club. 
So I bring that up because the first member of the three-timers club on the steam room is Candace Parker. She has, Wait, this is your third time? This is her I third mean, not time. here, but I've done your show three times. Yeah, she's done the show oh, yeah, three times. Last time you were like Grizzly Adams living out in the wild. Oh, my gosh. I Wait. was camping in, in Tennessee. It was just, yeah. <laughs> Did I you remember I'm that? Not a, yes. I'm not a camper. I realize that. I'm a glamper. I'm not a camper. So We're black people. We, so, don't, do, we don't do outdoors. Don't we do don't go camping. Black people don't go camping. Okay. And, That's a story for like, another podcast. Like, like but, Ernie. Ernie's wife. Ernie goes caroling. Tell him black people. I don't. Tell, tell, tell AK, tell him black people don't carol. Let me tell you something. In the hood, I know if do. we saw a bunch of black people coming up singing, it's all hell going to break loose. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy holidays to you. So anyway, uh, we only thought it would be fitting because you're the first member of the Three Timers Club uh, that we have something for you. Uh, and Sabelle is here oh, wow. to do the honors. Thank uh, you. Oh, this, what an emotional ceremony here. What an emotional ceremony this is. This is amazing. The official, the really official steam it? room. The official steam room bathrobe. Look at that. We should, that can, can we get is, one closer to her size? That's, I, that is perfect. So can I keep it? Can I keep the robe? That's not my call, Candace. That's, I don't know if this is just for show. Hey, listen, just let me answer that, Ernie. That's a hard no. No, you know, Candace. But we only got one. Candace, no, there's two hanging up behind you. Oh, okay. Candace, Candace, I would say this. I would say this. Um, if you take it with you, nobody's going to stop you. But I'm also hearing that it might actually be TK's. Oh, and, no, uh, he, oh Lord. And, but it's, it's a comfy robe, isn't it? Very, very comfy. There you go. Why do you keep is, killing yourself? Why don't it's you, the finale. That's the third time I told you. I don't you. want to move the mic. You can move it back. I like my, I like my that's room. A, yeah. It's really nice. Hey, and that's an embroidered steam room right there. Nice. That Look at this. Cheap. Look got, at that action. Oof. I'm going to make some calls, Kenneth. I don't want you wearing TK's old funky robe. I'm going to yeah. get you your own. Or just You're going to make, make some you calls? You can make that happen? I'm going to call Godfather. I would take that one. I'd wash it on really hot. That's right. <laughs> extra hot. Extra, 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 extra hot. hot. <laughs> oh, there you go. Thank you, guys. Thanks, I appreciate Candace. it. I'll Thank have to change my number to number four if no. I come on here. Thank Can't you for being time. here. Can't wait to work with you tonight. Can't wait. On TNT. Man, are you so much better looking, smarter, kinder, sweeter, <laughs> thinner than Shaq? A lot of words. Chuck and Ernie in steam room. Come and join us in steam room. Chuck and Ernie in steam room. Leave your towel on in steam room. Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Leave your towel on in the steam room. One of the finest uh, yes. singing performances of Chuckster's career. Yeah. Easily. You know, close. Uh, not even close. You, you know, because it's not over the top. It's not your karaoke thing. It's really. Wait, are you saying my no, karaoke? Your, your karaoke's horrible, but but that was. Good. I got a new song now. Did I tell you? Yeah, you I have did. A, I, yeah, yeah, I think I, you did. I, I haven't been doing Frank Sinatra lately. I've been doing Heaven by Kane Brown. Right. Yeah, you told me that. Yeah. In fact, we asked you to sing some last week or two I weeks ago. I need the words, and you did, and some alcohol, and you and you sang, you sang a little bit. No, no, and I, I've been trying to forget it. Hey, nobody. How many people? It you was asked? not Heaven to me. I would. I would love to see a poll. I guarantee you it's a landslide. How many people, nobody does karaoke sober, okay? Mm -hmm. you, so first of all, to get up there in front of all them people, you got to have some some liquid courage. You do? Oh, I like to drink and do karaoke. <laughs> Not necessarily in that order. <laughs> That's right. Um, hey, it's time for uh, Chuck's answering machine. Let's do it. What's the number? Uh, 404 987 0440. 0330. Man, you're getting so close. I am getting close. 404 987 if you want to leave Chuck a message like this one. Hello, world. This is Charles Barkley. Leave me a message. Chuck, I'm curious. If you were blessed with a full head of hair right now at your age, I wonder what sort of hairstyle would you be rocking? I'll hang up and listen. Would you go back to the uh, no. Auburn days? No, no. I, it, number one, good call. Number one, I love being bald. 
it just takes so much BS out of play. You know, I shave my head every day. I don't have to worry about no hair products. Don't have to worry about... Put a little moisturizer on that, a little uh, something on top of your dome after I you shave I actually never do. Really? I never put moisturizer on. I don't. don't. try that. No. I, t- that's just... That's just uh, no, I shave my head and I'm gone. <laughs> I wouldn't want to have hair. If you didn't shave your head? I'd have a donut. Okay. Yeah, I'd have a big hole in the top of my head. You ought to do that. For what? Just, then, just no. for fun. Then I look like let's a just, damn. Let's look. just watch Chuckster gr- try to grow some hair. Like then I look like a damn fool, like Kenny does right now. <laughs> hey guys, Shaq was killing Kenny last week, and I was like, "Yo, man, he's trying to grow a beard, and it it was patchy, mm-hmm. and Shaq wouldn't give him a break." And I was like, "Yo, man, leave that man alone till his beard comes in. We'll see what it looks like tonight." It should it, been, week, it yeah. should be a pretty good because it was decent last week, but he did have a couple of ball spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I got a big hole in the top of my head. Like I'm so tall, I grew through my hair. So, but, but the answer is you could grow. You could let your hair grow if no, you wanted just, to. No, but I'm you not could. that. I could, but I'm not that stupid. But to answer his question, I don't want to have to deal with all. You know, you see people. Uh, first, you got Jared Greenberg. That's some moss. Right half, there. half man, half makeup, and hair tonic. He's he got some moss. He's got some, yeah, but it's like it takes him longer than his wife to get ready. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to take that time. I like just shaving my head, jumping in my stuff, and going. All right, next call. Hey, Charles. Hearing you guys talk to handsome King Henrik last week reminded me that another one of your man crushes, Jason Momoa, just hosted Saturday Night Live. Did you see it? And where does Jason Momoa rank on your man crush Mount Rushmore? You know what? First of all, I did not know Jason Momoa was from Iowa. No, I did not know that either. He looks like, and I he had talked about, and I'd seen him before. He looks like he's like the Rock from Hawaii, and then he's from somewhere in Iowa. And Jason Momoa, I'm a big fan, but I look at him as more sexy than great looking. I can call another man sexy. Jason Ma- Ma- Can you? Yeah, you can if you're confident in yourself. Okay. So, uh, same way I look at Idris Elba. Idris Elba is on my bucket list to meet also. He's a sexy man. Okay. I get, but so I look at him and, like, Tom Brady's a pretty man. Hank Lundquist, that's a pretty man too. He ain't Tom Brady. Rob, but Lo- not, but, Rob Lowe's a pretty man. But the king and, um, the King is, and Brady are not sexy. They, no, they just good looking. Rob Lowe, the same thing. But when you look at Jason Momoa, Idris Elba, they just got that sexy vibe. Next call, please. <laughs> Hi, Ernie and Chuck. This is Reed Kimura. I'm from a small town in McMinnville, Oregon. Big fan of the Portland Trailblazers, but I just wanted to thank you for your podcast. I'm a loyal steamer. I'm a teacher here in McMinnville. I used to teach in the classroom, elementary school, but now I'm a physical education teacher, and we constantly are looking for BlackBerry moments in class. So thank you, Ernie. We take the time at the end of class to find one or two good things that people or the kids have seen in each other, and we call it our BlackBerry moments. And I guess I have a question for both of you. Uh, What was your favorite game that you ever played in PE class? Thanks. Have a great one. Keep up the great work. Love you guys. Favorite game. Thank you very much for the call, by the way. Um, and thanks for the uh, the Blackberry moments. Thanks um, for being a teacher. Thanks for being uh, a teacher. And we need um, more teachers who are male. Uh, but I, I admire anybody who's a teacher. Shout out to your dog, daughter, Maggie. But thank, thank, you. thank you for being a teacher. Okay, so favorite PE game. Dodgeball. Easy question, brother. Dodgeball? Yep, easy question. Did you play a lot of dodgeball in PE? Yes. It, like, because you get tired of playing basketball. I was too much of a puss to play football. I told you I played that one day. Yeah. Uh, you can never play enough dodgeball. Yeah, I think, yeah, I'm trying to think of, there weren't many other games. No. Aside from that. Yeah, dodgeball was. Uh, Great. Dodgeball was a lot of fun. It Did was. Did you like the movie? Um, is that what uh, uh, Norm not Norm, uh, 
Mike Ditka was in it, wasn't he? Uh, I don't know about Mike Ditka, but the star of that, come on, help me, Cap. Will, Will Farrell. Uh, uh, yeah, Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller. Vince Vaughn yeah. were both in oh, there. Oh, man. Vince Vaughn. Uh, and, who was, and who was the crotchety old uh, coach uh, who said, if you can, yeah, Rip Torn, <laughs> dodge a wrench, dodge a ball. <laughs> dodge <laughs> a wrench. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, uh, it was all right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was no. It was uh, no. It wasn't nearly as good as the book. That's it, it, right. <laughs> it, it was no. It, it was definitely no. Remember the Titans. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> but it was entertaining. It, it was. Fun. It was. It was funny. That was a good call. That was some three good calls. Yeah. Uh, and so, based on a call we got last week, uh, one member one of the callers said, "You know what? You need to, you need to throw a new segment onto the steam room." Yes. Uh, called "Good for the Soul." And so, here we go for the first time. All right. EJ is good for the soul. I think that would be a great way to end the show. Love that idea. Good idea, Ernie. A toast to my big brother, George, the richest man in town. <laughs> Love the way they put that I together. Like and that is, that's, that's, that's one of those lines from It's a Wonderful Life. Yep. That gets me every time. It, I mean, I've seen that movie three billion times. And Don't you that, watch that like every and, Christmas? Of, of course. And that final scene always gets me. I bet you have you watched It's a Wonderful Life start to finish? I don't think I have. You need to. I don't think I have. You need to. It's awesome. Yeah. It really is. Okay, so um, good for the soul this time. So stuff that makes you feel good, stuff yes. that restores your faith in humanity, that kind of thing. So... Uh, I don't know if you saw what Jimmy Fallon did the other night with uh, with The Rock. Really? Wayne Johnson. Yeah. Um, so they went to FAO Schwartz in New York, you know, the huge store. Oh, yeah, the huge store. store. And one of the things they did was was pretty funny because they got behind, like, this machine that uh, it had, had arms sticking out. And so Jimmy Fallon's in the back with his arms through this thing, and he's back there with The Rock, and they got a microphone, and... And shoppers are just kind of wandering around, and and there's and somebody says, if you push the button, you'll get a holiday message and that kind of thing. And so they were messing with him, and then and then Dwayne Johnson just walks around the wall and surprises all these people. It was awesome. And then to top it off, he had this announcement. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Well, you had, you had one more thing you wanted to tell everybody. I do. Yes. So I know that you guys haven't uh, bought your gifts yet. So. I have my Acorns debit card. You all come with me. Gifts are on me right now. Let's go down. Happy holidays! Happy holidays! Let's go! And to that, moments like that, where you can, a store full of people, and all of a sudden, not just, hey, there's The Rock. Well, we got to see The Rock while we we were shopping. It was just like, I just, I have not, Met him face to face. He's great. Remember, he was on. You know, we've had him on, on the, the show, show before. Yes. And remember, he threw Underdog in the pool. Yep. Down there when he was when Underdog was producing a live shot. Um, He's just, a good dude. I just dude. love that man. Yeah. I just love it, guys. Taking the time. Jimmy's a good dude too. I don't yeah. know Jimmy Fallon as well as I know Dwayne. Me and Dwayne aren't great, great friends. But the few times I have been around him, man, he is just a good dude with a pure heart. Yeah. You know, I go back, I actually have met him in college with Warren Sapp. That's how long I've known him. And wow. I, you know I'm a big WWE fan. Right. Uh and I so I, I've been going to matches uh for a long time. You know, even, we got to AEW, my man Chris Jericho on on Turner. So I've always been a big wrestler. And listen, one of my favorite people in the world is Ric Flair. Uh, but that was really cool for him to do that. And that's what you know, we talked about it last week about stuff like that for Christmas, what what it should be. Right. Not what it's become, what it should be. Yep. And uh, shout out to The Rock and Jimmy Fallon, man, for doing something special like that. That's a good one to start at, yeah. Ernest. And you know what else? And you know what else was a, just on a personal level was a great good for your soul moment was, look, we had 37 people at our house for Thanksgiving. Damn. 37. Um and most of that family had a few friends uh, that we live in the neighborhood who came by. Um, but there is something really special about 
the moment before we all dive into that turkey. And 37 of us are sitting there, and from ages 1 to 89 or whatever my father-in-law is. Yeah. And everybody grabs a paw. Everybody grabs a hand. We say a blessing. Wow. We kind of look around that room, and you and you realize how cool Thanksgiving is, and how blessed you are. Yeah. And those are the those are the moments that are good for the soul. So yeah. There you know, you we talked a little bit about this earlier. I'm going to give a shout out to this young black woman. I don't know her name. I don't know. I think she's from California. So I was watching television this week, and they got the whole thing caught on ring camera. And this young baby, three years old, I think, if I remember correctly, wanders out. And then like five or six minutes later, you see him floating in the pool. And then his, one of the adults run out screaming, jumps in the pool. And this young black woman had just learned CPR. And she's a teenager, right? She's 15. Yeah. And she brings this kid back to life. Wow. Man, it was, it was a Thanksgiving party, too. But I just, I, I can't remember her name, but I just, I saw her on television, her and her mom, and man, it just made me, because you're celebrating Thanksgiving, you find a kid in the pool, and she had just learned CPR. And man, I'm, I just want to say thank you. Hey, everybody should know CPR. Try to go, please, if you go somewhere, because the one in a million times you might have to use it could be that dramatic and that powerful. So if you get a chance, every young person especially, please learn CPR. That's a heck of a way to end the show. Yes, right it is. Yes. I like that. I like ending the show on an upbeat on a good note. note like that, and uh, yeah, that's awesome. So that's the, that's your first uh, good for the soul segment, uh, which will follow Chuck's answering machine. Good job, Ernest. And try to bring things back to some place of normalcy, <laughs> if that's at all possible. Yeah, with our crew. That is the Abby <laughs> Cap and Audi and everybody. We need some normalcy. That, ladies and gentlemen, would be that for the uh, 102nd episode of The Steam Room. Yes. Can't wait to uh, talk at y'all next week. See you.